Welcome to the teaching ministry of Elevation Church. Today we'll hear from lead pastor Dave Carroll as he teaches a message titled, It Matters, based off the book, It, by Craig Rochelle. Let's join in now. We're in this series called It. The reason why we are doing this series is because we're re-injecting the lifeblood of Elevation Church into all the people who have come since the beginning. You may or may not know this, but... In September of 2012, there were about 12 adults gathered around a Sunday school table, and I walked in the room, and I said, I know what we're going to do. I know where we're going with this thing called Elevation Church. Even though we'd never had a worship service, we wouldn't even have a worship service for eight more months. I said, I know what we're doing. What are we doing, Dave? We're going to do it. And I threw this book on the table, and it looked just like the white letters with the black background, and everybody thought, it, (laughs) what is it? And all the it jokes, it was really weird. It started to fly. But here's what I know. Because 12 people gathered around, it eventually became 25 people. And because we studied what it meant to have it in our lives as people and it in our church, we realized that it mattered. It mattered big time. Because as we moved forward, we had 74 people attend our first preview service. We had 175 people launch with us at Easter. And we know it's the the truth of Easter. Not everyone who comes on Easter Sunday comes back. Can I get an amen? Yeah, right? Well, we had 174 people and we've labored through set up and tear down. And now, uh, last week, we had over 200 people because we had it. And because we sat here and looked at the elements of it, and I know you're saying, what is it? What does it smell like? Where is it? How do I get it? We'll answer all these questions. But because we found it, or it found us, over 80 people have come to saving faith in Jesus Christ. That's right. Because we found it, we have 59 people in the first 16 months who have been baptized with several more this Friday night who will be baptized because we found it there are marriages I know for a fact there are marriages in the room that wouldn't have been together that are now today and there are people who have hope who have been split up in their marriage who have the hope of Jesus Christ to move forward with because we have it and I know this there have been thousands of people who have been touched with the hope of Jesus Christ because we set out to have this thing called it. God has called us to be a church with it, and it matters. It matters. And I want you to hear this today. So let's begin unpacking the word it. Now it is hard to describe. We all know that it happens, doesn't it? It happens. You can lose it, but you can also get it back. It is a little bit hard to get a hold of, but if you're taking notes today on the back of your program, you can start writing them in. Here's something else about it. You know it when you see it. You know what I'm talking about? When you walk into a church or a place anywhere that has it, you kind of say, wow, there's something happening here that's bigger than me. That's a little bit different than the average place I walk into. 
I remember the first time I personally, not in a spiritual sense, had it. I was a junior in college. And I had spent the first two years of college wondering why God had not given me a girlfriend yet. Do you remember those days? You know, where you're thinking, what's what's wrong with me? And uh, if I give you the story of my anatomy, you know, the history of it, uh, (laughs) I was kind of short and wide. You know the, the old Bible song, Deep and Wide? Well, I was short and wide. And then I became tall and wide. And then, thank God, my senior year, I got this disease called H. pylori. It's not a disease, it's a bacteria in South Florida well water where I moved from. Amy and I are from South Florida. And H. pylori was God's great gift to me over the college years because I went from 245 pounds to 285 pounds. But the problem with this was I still didn't quite get it my freshman year even though I had shrunk and gotten skinny and good looking because unfortunately I was blessed with this disproportionate head. Uh, you know, I looked like a Tootsie Roll pop. And, and so people would often say to me, I think you lost a little too much weight. And I thought, well, I know I did, but I'm sick. I can't help it. I was eating like a pig and I was still getting skinny. Well, as college began to move along, I kept my, my great eating habit. And uh, I began to get in the 215, 220 range. Ooh. And lo and behold, you know, I grew my hair out long. I had it shaved around the sides. And I had this long hair. And some of you are saying, really? Dave Carroll was skinny with long hair. Yeah, big, long goatee, which I kept that part. But uh, bald is beautiful, right? Right, guys? Uh-huh. Well, all of a sudden, my junior year, I realized something a little different. I would walk down the sidewalk, and the ladies would come and talk to me. And I thought, this is different. I kind of, I have it. I have it. I can't describe it. I don't know. I'm the same Dave that I was last year and the year before and the year before that, but something's different. And then I scored Amy Carroll, right? I scored Amy Carroll because something was different. But you know it when you see it, even though it's difficult to describe. But we need to be a church with it because it matters. Here's another truth about it. You and I can fake it. We can fake it, can't we? We can have false bravado. We can walk around acting like we have it all put together. But we know that faking it never works. We don't need to look any further in Scripture than Judas. Judas faked it, didn't he? He hung out with the disciples. He hung out with Jesus. He played the role. He played the part. But in the end, we found out his heart was set on money. His heart was set on something else other than God. He was faking it. And that's not what I'm talking about. Walking in and being a group of fake people. We are a group of broken people who are saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. In fact, if you walked in broken today, you may think, I don't know if I can ever have the it you're describing, Dave. I I just don't know if it's possible. Well, if you're broken and you're messed up and you recognize you have a need for Jesus, then you can have it. Isn't that great news? God can use you. But here's something that's the most important. Real it is always given by God. Always given by God. In fact, you could say that it's born of his spear it, his spirit. Ephesians 4 verses 1 and 2 tell us that every church, and the church is a building? No, the church is people. Every church is born 
with the unity of the bond of peace and the Holy Spirit of God. That's what Ephesians 4 verses 1 and 2 tells us. And so if we're talking about it, it's not something that we do, but it's something that God does through it. Today, we're going to read Acts 1, verses 1 through 8. And there's nothing more important today than for you to ask God right now, God, I can't always understand it. I can't always see it. I don't always feel it. Sometimes I don't even know it. But God, today, would you give it to me? Would you give it to me? And we're going to continue unpacking this idea as we read Acts 1, verses 1 through 8. Now, if you think about the disciples for a second, the disciples had the most incredible life opportunity of any human beings to ever walk the face of the earth. These were 12 guys who had the opportunity to be the closest of the closest to Jesus when he walked the earth. Think about that for a second. Just put yourself in their shoes. What would it have been like for you to be walking the earth with Jesus Christ himself, the Son of God, God made flesh. It would have been amazing, wouldn't it? It just would have been incredible. And these guys had highs and lows. Jesus walked by, said, follow me. They dropped their nets and they came. But then there are other times where Jesus sent them out and they couldn't do what Jesus wanted them to do because they didn't have enough faith. They kind of lost it. And then they worked their way all the way to the cross. They hung out with Jesus there, but then once there was kind of a price to pay, they lost it, and they kind of fell away. But here, in Acts chapter 1, they had the hope of the resurrected Jesus Christ. Isn't that great hope today? That we have a resurrected Savior. And here in Acts, this is where the disciples truly had it. And you say, Dave, why is this the time where you believe they had it? Because this is the point where the church went on the map, and here you and I are today, 2,000 years later, and the church is still going. That's real it. If you showed up today without Jesus or you're far from God, I'm here to tell you, you walked in a place that has it. Why? Because it didn't start with us. It started with Jesus. And here is the story of when the disciples found it. Let's read together. I'm in the New King James Version, and if you want to read out of the nearly inspired version in your, in your Bible, that's fine, or uh, whatever, the NIV or some other thing, that's, that's fine. But one of the reasons why we pass out Bibles here at Elevation is I, I, my heartbeat is that I want you to crack it open. I know that sometimes we can put it on the screen, but I really want you to crack the Bible open and get used to doing it. So here we go. Acts 1.1. The former account I made, O Theophilus. For those of you who are new to Scripture, the author of Acts was Luke, who wrote the Gospel of Luke. He also wrote the book of Acts. He said, Of all that Jesus began to do and teach, until the day in which he was taken up, after he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during the 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Here's where it starts to creep in. And being assembled together with them, the disciples, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait 
for the promise of the Father, which, he said, you have heard from me. For truly, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the, what's that word? The Holy Spirit. We said that it, the Holy Spirit, is led by the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And uh, just a quick note before we, we get going here. Uh, baptism of the Holy Spirit. Some people wonder, speaking of it, what is it? I just want to offer this to you. It's mentioned seven times in the New Testament. Six times in the Greek, where the original language of the New Testament, it is pointing to a singular event in the Greek. One time in 1 Corinthians 11, I believe it is, or 12, it points backward to the point where there was the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And you may ask, how are we baptized with the Holy Spirit today? We are baptized at the point of salvation. That is when you get it, God's Holy Spirit. Verse 6, therefore, when they had come together, they asked him saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, all Judea, in Samaria, and even to the end of the earth. Now, if you were a disciple standing there, you would have thought for just a second after going through the highs and lows of this life with Jesus, and you would have thought, who, me? Me? He wants to use me? No way. I'm, the, I'm Thomas, the guy that doubted that Jesus could ri- rise again. I'm Peter, the guy who kind of backpedaled when they asked me if I knew Jesus when he was headed toward the cross. God couldn't use me. And the truth is, he can. And this is how we get it. Are you ready for the starting point, the continuing point, and the ending point? It begins continues and ends, let's say it together, with who? Jesus. That's what this church is about. This church is about pointing people to Jesus. You see, our our vision statement says that we are to be a different and refreshing church. I get asked a lot, Dave, what's so different about your church? Are are you trying to tell people that your church is better than some other church? And I think, no, 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 no. That's not it at all. You see, if you go to church, different and refreshing isn't aimed at you. It's aimed at the person who slobbered themselves to sleep every day when they were 10, 15, 20 years old going to church. And they think, if that's what, where God is, I don't want to be anywhere near there. And so they haven't been to church in 10, 20, 30, 40. I've met people who have been 50, even 60 years. Not setting foot inside of a place where the Holy Spirit of God can convict their heart. And they can see people worship the one true God. We're a different and refreshing church, helping people far from God come alive in Jesus Christ. Isn't this a great place to be? But when I say it begins, continues, and ends with Jesus, I'm not just talking about the ascent. If you came in today and you go, oh, I I got Jesus, yeah, that's it, but nothing's changed. Well, there are some components that the disciples began to put together, and here they are. Component number one, if you're going to have Jesus and have it given by him, you must begin that relationship in faith. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 and 10 says that it is by grace, through faith, that we are, say it together, saved. That 
is how we are saved. You see, many people know about Jesus and they wonder why nothing's changed, but very few people on this planet have actually crossed the line of faith in Christ. And, and here is the simple truth. The Bible says that Jesus Christ was spread eagle on the downtown garbage heap. They put nails in his hands and feet. He bled and he died. He was dead as a doornail. But the good news is that he rose again. God raised him from the dead and he ascended to the right hand of the throne of God because he is God himself, the second person of the Trinity. And the Bible simply says if we'll believe this and lean on it with faith, even if, you know, like when you close your eyes, it would be like jumping off of the rims, saying, you know, I don't understand everything about this, but I know it matters and I'm going to trust God and put my full weight and he better catch me or I'm done. That's the kind of faith we're talking about. If we're saying that it begins with Jesus, that's where we have to, that's where we have to start. The second place that we have to continue, and this is equally important, is in doctrine. You see, Acts 2.42 tells us that the disciples didn't just fellowship together, although they did. They didn't just eat together and have communion, although they did. They didn't just pray together, although they did. It also tells us that they shared a belief. They shared a belief. And many people want to say, I want the Jesus fire insurance part. And they end up faking it because they never say, well, what else is behind this Jesus? And the more that we believe about God's word, the more rooted we become. And the more we have it. And the more people can tell that we have it. In fact, you don't have to look much further than your favorite Christian music artists to find false doctrine. Just this week, I did a search on the artist who you listen to on K-Love, and I found a disbelief in the biblical account of creation from a popular Christian artist, an attack against the authority and validity of God's word. You see, these people are faking it. I found someone who said, I'm not sure that Jesus Christ really is God. They're attacking the deity of Christ. Our doctrine and what we believe is what roots us. Maybe today you've come to church before, either here or somewhere else, and you go, I don't know, I just don't get it. Well, start checking in to what you believe. Check this out about creation. I love this. An artist who gets it, Jacob, and his song, I Believe, said this. Now I pray and see as you look around at the numbers and the measures and the units All the fine-tuning needed for your life to exist in this great big abyss. I hope it'll make you say, I believe. I believe in you, God. I believe. I believe in you. He said, bring a scientist winning big awards for discovering what's already there. Then they labeled these theories with great big words so that everyone's confused on how we all got here. But that's just one side. Many scientists believe in God and they credit that the proof is in the Jello. Any Jello fans? Many have been quoted saying that physics brings them closer to God and in turn it takes them far from the devil. Like the bass and the treble on the notes of a page, everything works through laws that pre-exist. The instruments that the scientists invent and use wouldn't even work without this. And it's enough to make you say, I believe, 
I believe in you. Say that with me. I believe, I believe in you. That is the God we serve. The deity of Christ. John chapter 1 verse 18 says this. No one has ever seen God. Has anybody in here seen God? Like visibly? No? I haven't either. Ready for that? I know that's shocking for some of you. But the unique one who is himself God is near to the Father's heart. Jesus has revealed God to us. Isn't that incredible? That he truly is the God-man, God-made flesh. Which leads us to the third part. After we begin with Jesus with faith and continue with doctrine and belief, we work to the end with our life. That is the third way that we get it through Jesus Christ. God is a kind God. You see, when we truly invite him to be the Lord and the Savior, the CEO, the leader of our life, he doesn't leave us where we are. Isn't that a wonderful thing today? That God does not just save you and then let you be but he is in the process of asking you to be conformed to the image of his son, Jesus Christ. Here's the challenge with that. Jesus was perfect. That's a pretty high standard, isn't it? Now, I have to confess to you, I'm not perfect. Anybody perfect in here? No, no, nobody's perfect. But that's the goal. Our life is meant to conform. Can I tell you as a newbie to Billings? I'm a newbie, right? I'm a South Florida, I'm a bona fide Miami Dolphins fan, all right? Miami Hurricanes fan. I see two championships in our future this year. I have that renewed optimism of preseason. But can I tell you, as a new guy to Billings with fresh set of eyes, because our faith history is so young, with some of the oldest churches being less than 100 years old in all of Billings and all of Montana, we've been introduced to Christ, but we haven't always applied the deeper things and become conformed more to look like Jesus. And some of that is because we're young as a city. We're in a country where there are some cities that don't know the time without a church. As a matter of fact, the church was founded before the housing developments were in some cases. But that's not so here. And we have to learn to get it by going all the way through with Jesus. What does this mean? With our finances, We're going to learn FPU. Our goal is 100% attendance. Why? Because we know that if we all start doing our money God's way, we, we get one step closer to looking like Jesus. Marriages who walked in the room struggling, it's time to love each other and learn your belief system because the Bible tells you to love your spouse like Christ loves you, to respect like Christ respects you. And to learn what that means, and not to just learn it in your head and walk in and say you believe it, but to actually do it. To actually do it. It's time to show up to church expecting God to do something great in your life and in the lives of others. That's why you can show up an hour early and serve. And you may say, what do I do for the hour? I don't know. But you're getting ready for the people who walk in here to encounter Jesus Christ. That is what it means to live life, to be a church that expects it, that knows that it matters every Sunday that we show up. But we have to get the Jesus thing right first, like the disciples did when it finally dawned on them. Oh, you really are who you say you are, 
And so I'm going to go all the way through this thing, and I'm going to do it. And you know what ends up happening? They were just about 30 people after Jesus said, you're going to be my witnesses in Acts 1.8. There were about 30 people that said, let's go up and pray. It turned into Acts chapter 2 where there were 120 people worshiping. And, and they weren't, you know, they're like, okay, is this what Jesus had? But then it happened. And, three, and, a, and 120 people turned into 3,120 people. And I'm here to tell you today that I believe God can use Elevation Church in the same way. Is there anyone in the room that believes that along with me today? God can use us to reach the city of Billings. He can use any church who will surrender to his spirit, who will start with Jesus. I learned the importance of starting with the right things. This week, my dad, who was here a few weeks ago, by the way, if you pray for him, he's struggling with his kidneys uh, and kidney failure, and uh, it's, it's a tough ride, but if you keep him in prayer, he bought me a smoker for my 37th birthday, all right? Now, don't start the jokes about what happened to it, okay? Yeah, when I was 20, I did have it. I promise. I had it once, and uh, Amy can testify to that. But now I'm twice the man she married. <laughs> but my, amen, there we go. Hey, that's my first spontaneous unasked for, amen. Thank you so much. But I learned the importance of doing things right at the beginning with this smoker. We decided to try out some ribs. I've never used a smoker in my life, not an electric one. And uh, I decided to smoke ribs for eight hours with smoke. And I didn't put enough rub on. And when I went to go bite into the ribs last night, you know, you want a smoky flavor, but let me tell you, you don't want your ribs to actually smell, I mean, to taste like the wood that you were trying to smoke the meat with. And that's exactly what happened. But all the way back at the beginning, I messed it up. I over-smoked it. I under-seasoned it. And as a result, there was nothing I could do. There was no amount of seasoning salt, no amount of barbecue sauce I could put on the ribs that wouldn't make me feel like I was biting into a piece of wood. Utter failure, right? Barbecue fail. Hashtag idiot, right? (laughs) And so I realized I'd messed up from the beginning and nothing else could go right from there. Well, if we don't get our faith, our doctrine, our life in Christ right in the beginning... We're going to be trying to put band-aids on it and then proclaiming the church doesn't work. There is no such thing as it. There's no, there's no God's spirit. There's no supernatural power that God is working through me. It just doesn't work. But you, you might have messed it up in the beginning and you're just trying to hope that you can season it. No, let's go back to the beginning and get it right. Will you do that with me? Here are seven quick tangible ways that we can get it and keep it because it matters. Number one, we see here in Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 8. Assume personal responsibility to be the person with it. Churches are made up of people. Churches will not have it if the people in the church do not have it. As a matter of fact, this brings me back to that famous story about everybody, somebody, anybody, and nobody. And the disciples had a choice to make. When Jesus said, you, you will be my witnesses. Huh? This is a little story about four people named everybody, somebody, anybody, and nobody. There was an important job to be done, and everybody was sure that somebody would do it. Anybody could have done it, but nobody did it. Somebody got angry about that because it was everybody's job. Everybody thought that anybody could do it. 
but nobody realized that everybody wouldn't do it. It ended up that everybody blamed somebody when nobody did what anybody could have done. Like the disciples in Acts 1, we need to walk in every single Sunday. It doesn't matter if you're new in Christ or if you've been in Christ several decades. We walk in and you have to realize that we matter. How we walk in with the attitude with which we serve, the attitude with which we greet people, the attitude with which we work, the language we use when we walk across town Monday through Saturday, our willingness to step outside of our own comfort zone and personality and share our faith, it matters. It matters. Second tangible way is a passion for God's presence. I love that we're in this new building because uh, one, one of my favorite things is that when we sing, wasn't that incredible? When the music dropped and we were singing praise to God and worshiping him because he's worth it. We can be excited about the presence of God and have a passion to get here, to get here early for the first song so that we can give God our very best. We have a lot of time to give attention to other things. But we at this church need a passion for the presence of God in our lives. Here's the next thing. A deep craving to reach the lost. It is for others. Many people get it and sit on it, right? And then they smell like it, if you know what I'm saying. But it is for others. And here at Elevation Church, we need to be a group of people who will do anything short of sin to see the lost found, to see the found discipled and looking more like Jesus. We need to be willing to block out time for small groups. We need to be willing to block out time for individual discipleship and mentorship. We have to do these things. It doesn't have to be programmed. People with it don't need a program. They just know this is what Jesus wants me to do. And I take him at his word. And that's who I will be defined by, is by Jesus Christ. A sincere integrity. We will really be who it looks like that we are. We don't want to be fakers. Can you walk in and, and have it and have a bad day? Absolutely. Can you need help with it? Sure you can. But we need to be a people of integrity. And I want to speak very clearly to leaders of Elevation Church, those who have been at the higher level. We need to guard our integrity with our life. Because as we go with our integrity, so will go the name of Jesus in the city of Billings. Let's be a people of great integrity. One of the reasons why the church worked so well in Acts is that they didn't mess it up. They didn't have to be special or superheroes, but they didn't screw it up with sin. They were sincerely full of integrity. Spiritful faith. We have to be willing to attempt things for God that other people and other churches may look at it as crazy. Like this building, right? taking a $7,000 leap of faith to where the building nearly costs what we take in a month. But we're willing to do things here that require God's intervention. And I, I encourage you, if you want to be a person with it, you need to start trusting God with the areas of, of your life that you're being OCD, that you're being the control freak, right? Where you're saying, God, I, you can have lots of areas 
but you can't have my marriage, or you can't have my love life, or you can't have my job, you can't have any of this, you can't have my thoughts, you can't have my attitude. God, I like my attitude. I like when I get hacked off and people have to deal with me. You can't have that. No. People with it are willing to jump out on faith and trust that God can catch them, and that's who we will be. But yet, in that faith, it's not bravado. It's a down-to-earth humility. A down-to-earth humility. We know who gives it, don't we? God gives it. We know that it's not of us. We can't boast. We have nothing to boast about. So we'll be humble, which means that we'll be willing to grow and to learn from other people, even from other churches, even outside our network. We will be willing to say, God, we want your best no matter who you want to send it through, and we'll give you the credit for it. Let me ask you a question. Have you given God enough credit for the things that are going well in your life? Have you? Has he gotten the credit he deserves? Or when it goes well, is it you? And when it goes bad, do you need him? It matters. It matters. And finally, this is the the part of the disciples in Acts chapter 1 that I absolutely love. These guys were broken. Brokenness is how you get it and how you keep it. Broken people recognize their need for Jesus. We can be pretty messed up sometimes, can't we? And we can think, it is never going to happen. I don't know if it's all going to be put together. I don't even know if it is even possible. But this one aspect of it will unlock the rest. Being broken before Jesus, admitting your need for him, saying, I don't have it together. There's some bad news in this life, isn't there? There's some real bad news. But there is good news for broken people. I've got some bad news. All have fallen short of God's glory, and there's nothing to fix it that we can do. I've got some bad news. God granted us with his image, and we repaid him with our abuse. I've got some bad news. We have been tirelessly at work and have rightfully earned all the judgment of which we have been accused. I've got some bad news. This accusation bears a debt that all penalties of this magnitude must use. Your very life will be taken, and infinitely from God's presence you shall be removed. I've got some bad news. All of this is true. But this is not the only story the printing press of the world has introduced. For I've got some good news, too. Since there was not one person who could save themselves, God stepped into humanity's shoes. I've got some good news. This shoe-wearing God is known as the Christ, the anointed one whom the entire story of God has always had in its view. I've got some good news. He was pierced for our transgressions, for our iniquities he was bruised. He carried away our shame and oppression as his body was carried into a tomb. I've got some good news. This Jesus did not just die under the wrath of God, but the sting of death he has removed. For he rose from the dead so that from its depths new life he may now reproduce. I've got some
some good news. No, better make it great. That while you and I were filled with hate towards God, he did for us what we refused. I've got some great news. There is no amount of sin into which God's grace cannot be infused. There is no stain on your dress that God cannot make brand new. I've got some great news. It doesn't matter if you are a user or adulterer, alcoholic or murderer, prostitute or prisoner, or your sins can be removed. It doesn't matter if you are a hater of God, a neglectful father, a lover of wrong, a distant mother, or wrinkles can be made smooth. It doesn't matter if you are sexually broken, jealously potent, foul-mouthed, spoken. You are chosen to be cut loose, for God has perfectly saved you with his perfect substitute. I know you've got a lot of Can we praise the Lord today for the good news of Jesus Christ? It matters. It matters that God is at work in your life. It matters that we have a vibrant relationship with Jesus Christ. It matters that our church is outward focused. It matters today if you walked in broken, if you walked in bruised, if you walked in imperfect, it matters, and Jesus can fix it. He can fix it. Today, for our response time, I want to ask you to consider just two or three different decisions today. The first is for the people of Elevation Church. Will you commit to be a person who pursues it with all of your heart so that we can be a church that has it every single day, of every single week, of every single month, of every single year until Jesus comes back. Will you commit to do that? If you, if you will commit to do that today, I ask you to take out your connection card that's in your program and just write on there and say, I choose to be a person who has it. Even though there may be seasons where it doesn't look like I, I do, or I might struggle. My goal is to have it. Will you do that today? Will you respond? There might be people in the room, secondly, who have walked in and maybe you placed your faith in Christ, but you haven't act, added the doctrine or the life part of it. And you're wondering why it can never get going. Today, will you commit to going all the way back and getting the smoke and the seasoning right. To say, I'm going to put Jesus first in the way the Bible asked me to do it. And then I'm going to commit to doing the seven things that help me get it and keep it. I will be passionate about God's presence. I'm going to share it. I'm not going to sit on it. I'm going to be broken. Today, if that's you, will you write down, God, will you help me recover it? And you can write, because, and ask for a prayer request there. And finally, you may be a person who says, I've never heard of it. I thought I did, but today I realize that I need to be broken before God and admit I have a need for a Savior in Jesus Christ. Today, you can make the, the commitment to Jesus and let it be the first day of the rest of your life where you know that you have a relationship with Jesus 
for eternity with God, even into heaven. You will have it. Isn't it a great thing? Is there anyone who has it in the room? There is. And so, if that's you, let me speak to you just very quickly. If today you need to place your faith in Jesus Christ, the starting place for the first time, I shared with you before about his shed blood. On the back of your connection card, there's a simple prayer. It's not a magic prayer, but it can help guide you on how to ask God to become your Lord and Savior. And the Bible says if you'll simply believe in his work on the cross, and that he rose from the dead on the third day, you will be saved. And then what you do is you turn from your way of living, and you head toward it, his ways. That's what you do. What I want to ask you to do now is let's stand and worship the Lord together and sing How Great Is Our God. And let's worship Him with a passion for His presence because it matters. Let's raise our voice and our hands together. listening to the teaching ministry of Elevation Church. You can find out more about our church or listen to other messages at elevationbuildings.com. Thanks again for listening and have a great day.